millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. We'll have another new Minister for Agriculture in the hot seat at the department next week. Who'll get the job this time round and who wants it? Who will be the next Irish EU Commissioner and will we retain the vital trade portfolio following the resignation of Phil Hogan? We look at how the fishing industry has come through COVID-19. Not bad at all, as well-placed sources in the sector can tell us. Our Chagask Advisory this week discusses current production and the situation on dairy farms. We also look at the benefits of good grass quality at this time of the year. And Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The big stories this past week have surrounded the Agriculture Minister's portfolio in Cabinet and that of the EU Trade Commissioner in Brussels. Derek Hillary tendered his resignation as Minister for Agriculture in the immediate fallout from the so-called Gulfgate incident in Galway. So a third minister takes over the mantle in what's been a short-lived position for the previous two incumbents in government. The Taoiseach has confirmed that the position will be filled when the Dáil resumes next week. IFA met with Micheál Martin last Monday evening in his capacity as the Acting Minister for Agriculture. The Association delegates expressed concerns about the disruption caused by the loss of two Ministers for Agriculture since the new government was formed and reports that the portfolio might not be filled for up to three weeks. But there was confirmation at the meeting a Minister will be appointed next week. We'll have more on this shortly. IFA President Tim Cullinan emphasised the importance of having a minister in place to deal with crucial issues such as cap Brexit and the budget here in October and said the recent resignations in the Agriculture Ministry have caused disruption. At this stage we've lost two ministers for agriculture and uh, this is very, very concerning for Irish farmers. As you know, we work on a weekly basis with the Minister of the Day. I suppose the important thing that came out of this is that the Dáil will be reconvened next week and there will be a nomination for a, a new Minister for Agriculture next week. We have the situation with factories and getting cattle slaughtered. Now we're coming to the time of year where cattle are coming off the land. There's issues with COVID inside in, in meat plants. So obviously we need an active Minister. We have a Brexit looming the back end of the year as well. So we need all the armory that we can have. Another leading farming organisation also called on the Taoiseach to immediately appoint a new agriculture minister. 
Michael Martin has said initially that he would take on the role himself for three weeks until Derek Leary's successor is appointed. And as you've heard, it subsequently emerged that Dáil is to reconvene next week, where a new minister will be appointed. ICSA National President Edmund Phelan said it wasn't acceptable that Taoiseach should also shoulder the agriculture portfolio at a time of critical importance. Taoiseach has way too much to be doing to be taking on another ministry. It really is nonsensical. At this point, we need somebody in there and we need them immediately. They can't come in in the end of September and try and read in t- into um, a ministry. And there's only, I think, is it 18 weeks left before Br- Britain, our main market, leaves the EU? IFA's Tim Cullinan also referenced the importance of the trade portfolio in the EU Commission at the meeting with Michal Martin. The statement from the IFA on Tuesday did not refer to the controversy over Phil Hogan's position in light of the Iraq Golf Society dinner fallout. In a subsequent statement following Phil Hogan's resignation, Tim Cullinan said the former commissioner had made a huge contribution during his five years in agriculture, as well as his recent tenure in trade and over 40 years of public service. Well, on Wednesday night, a week after the dinner in Clifton County, Galway, Phil Hogan announced his resignation as the Trade Commissioner. So having had to deal with the mounting pressure to have Phil Hogan removed, attention has since swung to appointing a new commissioner with haste and retaining the important trade portfolio. Eddie Punch of the ICSA gave us some perspective on why retaining this office is vitally important when he spoke on C103's Cork Today show this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know... Like everybody else, we we wonder what were people thinking when they went to a a, a dinner uh, after a golfing tournament in in, in Galway. Uh, it, it is amazing that we have everything from former TDs who are actually general practitioners to commissioner to ministers. You know, it, it is, and, and and of course the former attorney general. It is stunning. Uh, it is a, a really bad hour of judgment on behalf of all of the eighty or so people that were there. Uh, but however, uh, anger is not really a policy, and we have to look at the fact right now that the Brexit negotiations are in a very, very precarious place, and the outcome of you know the way in which the UK and European Union does its business after Brexit will be absolutely vital to the interests of this country, not just for the next 12 months, but for the next generation. And in particular... The issue of the trading relationship between uh, the European Union and the United Kingdom is vital. And from an agriculture point of view, if we end up with tariffs imposed uh, on Irish exports to the UK, that would be absolutely devastating for Irish agriculture. If we have tariffs imposed, like half of our beef exports, for example, go to the to the United Kingdom, and it's the best-paying market we have for beef. Likewise, uh, dairy products such as cheddar are very, very dependent on tariff-free access to to the United Kingdom. So if we if we lose those, or if in any way we don't get the right deal to to accommodate continued tariff-free trade between Ireland and the UK, you cannot get away from the fact that that is a really vital national interest for every rural community in Ireland. And I don't think this should really be about, you know, particular personalities. If, for example, the government could convince me that they had a strategy 
to put someone else in as commissioner and had a definite uh, commitment from the European Commission that that person would be, you know, if they were of sufficient experience and, and, and you know, heavyweight enough in European Union circles, that they would be guaranteed that they could retain the trade portfolio, that, that, that you know, that might be a result. But unfortunately, I don't see any indication that the government has really uh, any plan or any guarantee that it's going to retain the trade portfolio. And I think that the danger here is that if Ursula von der Leyen is backed into a corner, and there are all sorts of implications for this in terms of how the Commission does business, if she's backed into a corner to make a decision that she doesn't really want to, it's all the more likely, it seems to me, that she'll be not particularly well-minded to giving us, you know, back the job we had. And, and it is up to her to decide, you know, if we send out a new commissioner, what portfolio that person gets. It may not be trade. And that, in, in the absence of, you know, guarantees from the government that they've thought this through and that they've got all of the guarantees, makes me very worried because, you know... If we get Brexit wrong, this isn't, you know, like there might be a, hopefully a cure for COVID in, in the next year or, or a vaccine, but there's no cure for a Brexit for Brexit going wrong, and that's going to impact us for the next generation. And look, I, I'm as angry with Phil Hogan as everybody else, but I don't want to cut off my nose either. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm afraid of here. Eddie Punch of the ICSA speaking on the Cork Today show this week. President of the ICMSA, Pat McCormick, says the Irish priority must be to retain the trade portfolio. John O'Connor has more details for Farm Talk. Mr Pat McCormick, President of the ICMSA, has said that our priority now as a nation must be to retain the trade portfolio within the European Commission and this could only happen if the government nominates someone with the requisite skills set and a record of political and negotiating achievement. Mr McCormack said there was little point in minimising the risks Ireland had run so far in the matter, noting that if we nominate someone whom the Commission doesn't think has the ability to execute this most challenging trade brief, then that brief would be reallocated and our new EU Commissioner would be given a brief of lesser economic and political importance. The ICMSA president said that Ireland's multi-billion euro farming and food sectors were now effectively rudderless, without either a minister or representation at commission level by someone familiar with their problems and strengths. Mr McCormack said that given Brexit, CAP post-2020, Mercosur and climate change, to name just a few of the issues to be addressed, this is hugely alarming and the government needs to get to grips immediately with this problem. The president of the ICMSA said that our massive 13 billion euro farming and food production sectors need a sense of direction and also a sense of control and competence and he alleged this was not coming from our government at the moment. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. So, to the appointment of a new Minister for Agriculture, a third TD to step up to the hot seat. Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at who might want the position and what will be needed for agriculture, food and the marine around the Cabinet table. With the power to appoint the next Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, lying with a Fianna Fáil Taoiseach, it could be surmised that for party political expediency and national geographical balance, Charlie McConlug, Donegal farmer, will be announced as the new Minister for Agriculture next week by Taoiseach Micheál Martin. 
However, until the new Ag Minister is confirmed, other contenders might be considered. A strong contender would be Deputy Jackie Cahill, a Fianna Fáil TD based in Thurlis, College Tipperary. Deputy Cahill has outstanding experience in agriculture at all levels, bar being Minister. Deputy Cahill's CV would show four years as Vice Chairman of the Irish Dairy Board, out of the eight years total served on the Irish Dairy Board. Board be a six years service with time spent as Chairman of the Irish Dairy Council. The Tipperary dairy farmer is a former ICMSA national president, familiar with visits to Brussels power centres to put the case for Irish farmers' interests. Not being based in the west of Ireland might work against Jackie Cow's appointment in favour of long-term Fianna Fáil agricultural spokesman Deputy Charlie McConnellogue, currently Minister of State at the Department of Justice and Equality. One of Deputy McConnellogue's successes was a 2016 Doyle vote calling for a tillage crisis fund, something which might be needed again if the current weather persists. Others on the list awaiting the Taoiseach's decision next week, Fianna Fáil Galway-based Deputy Anne Rabbit, as the rest of Ireland, Fianna Fáil-based TD, active on farming issues and for gender balance, Deputy Anne Rabbit could merit very strong consideration by Taoiseach Micheál Martin. Some listeners might ponder, is it too obvious that the best choice for next Minister of Agriculture would be the former Minister, Michael Creed? Totally au fait and familiar with the geography and layout of the Brussels centres where the power to influence decisions on agriculture and fisheries lies. And familiar too with global decision-making centres and global decision-makers. With the loss of our EU Trade Commissioner, Phil Hogan, is there anyone equally familiar with the COVID-19 globe and openings for Irish agriculture and fisheries, pre- and post-Brexit, the border, the UK land bridge to global markets, the potential for prohibitive tariffs on our goods going into the UK, etc.? Our new Minister for Agriculture and our new EU Commissioner must have a very clear sense of direction and orientation when they land in Brussels or in other centres across the globe. For geographical and party political considerations, former Minister Michael Creed might have to be ruled out for consideration, or he might even decline the offer if asked. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Labour Party spokesman on agriculture, Sean Sherlock, expressed concerns this week that a meat processing plant in County Tipperary has been linked to 38 confirmed cases of COVID-19. ABP and CARES says 22 positive tests have been identified after 460 of its workers were tested. The processor also confirmed an additional 16 cases following the testing of their close contacts by the HSE. ABP says its facility continues to operate at a limited capacity and that it's working closely with both the HSE and the HSA. Cork East TD Sean Sherlock said it shows the need for a new Minister for Agriculture to be appointed without delay. Next, we look at how the fishing industry has progressed through the COVID-19 global pandemic. John Nolan is Managing Director of Castletown Bear Fishermen's Co-op with an insight into how the Irish market's been a lifesaver for the fishing industry over the last number of months. And I began by asking John how the industry reacted when the COVID crisis first impacted in March. Oh, it, it is amazing, like you couldn't predict it. And I must say, there's been no right answer or no wrong answers. We're all learning as we go along. Like we ended up like with we've 64 boats and our boats from from the Iron Islands all the way down as well as Cross Haven. So we not just cater for the Castledown Bear community, but we actually would be the financial lifeline for a lot of boats. Now, we had built up with a frozen sea 
fleet, that's 20 boats that were freezing their product, 90% of which was prawns and squid. And literally, that was the Italian market, and it closed overnight. Like, these boats didn't have to switch over to other types of fish. The next market then to go was the French market, and the French became very parochial. They were literally threatening that any fish coming in from overland was to be blanket banned by the people in the industry in France and not to buy it. They were to support their local fishermen. The UK market, which would have been a very important market, took the same attitude. I would have had directors of Brixham Fish Auction in my office two weeks before it, like saying, can we do some business? And yet when the COVID hit, they weren't allowed taking over land fish. So we were faced with difficult decisions. We were trying to keep people working. We had a staff of about 120, and there's about 350 people working our boats at sea. And we dealt, like we talked to Board B, we talked to the government, like about trying to do something for the industry. And we were a frontline industry, really. We were meant to keep going. But in one way, like, it's been a fantastic success in one way in relation to Ireland, like this, this staycation and the Irish people at home actually started looking for more fish. They started, like, even in Castledown Bear now, one of the most sought-after meals would be fishing chips, like, out of, out of a, a local chip van, like, where uh, one of our fishermen actually started out, and he's uh, uh, Owen Sullivan, and he started doing fishing chips, haddock, monk, cod, whiting, and it's been a huge success for him. And we see this type of um, demand growing in Ireland, like, where... Some people that had restaurants in Dublin like sustainable foods, they started buying fish off of us to start doing home deliveries. You would start seafoods like in Kinmare that opened up and started like telling people that if you ring that he'll deliver. We even see in Castletown Bear as the restaurants closed down, some people started operating from their houses. They started doing lobster pies, fish pies, and you know, a great sense of like community. Of course, like it's it's not the answer, but it's been a fantastic like success. I have to say, like, and we'd hope like that the Irish people will actually st- stick with us and start looking for the species we catch, and uh, trying to develop them. Like you know, like that you see the programs there on one or three and uh, things like that. That people are doing more and more cooking programs. Never Maguire came down here and gave us a, 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 a boost, but when you see a chef on television and he actually is cooking a meal. A lot of people try to cook that the next day. And fish is quite healthy, obviously. Like, you know, we have a lot of the pelagic fish with omega oils and things like that. We get some of the most sought-after fish in the world. And it's great now to see that the Irish people are starting to actually look for the Irish fish and starting to discover what's the best way to cook and the benefits. And these gods will continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And we get our young people, like, as well as the older people, starting to eat more fish. And on the industry itself, John, what kind of an effect has it had in trying to work around all the restrictions and guidelines that there are in relation to COVID? We've seen it and we hear about it week in, week out with our agriculture and dairy sector here on the programme. So how's it been doing for the fishing industry? Yeah, we've been very, very good, I think, like as as, as an organisation, like even in our office very early on, like we actually put in cubicles so there was less panels within the office. We tried to see like, that people coming in would make sure that they washed their hands and everything like that. We've always been kind of conscious of like food safety like and things like that. But in the co-op yourself there now, like when you come to clock in, like you have to use a fingerprint and a code to clock in and 
at that stage, like what you call it, your temperature is checked automatically like by a camera like that you're looking into. And um, if anybody exceeds the temperature, like Im- immediately, like it will ring my phone because obviously we're conscious of data protection and things like that. And, um, you know, like it's we touch wood, like up to now, we haven't had any problems. At the very start, like with a lot of our staff, like were kind of afraid to come in um, and they wanted to, like they availed of the 350 euros and they went into self-isolation. Like they were, you know, people were frightened of it. But 90% of our staff actually are back and they're, 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 they're working. Markets have been very difficult, very hard to make money this year. Like, but like we're surviving, like, you know, we're hoping like that we can work closely with government agencies like and try and develop more. It's not easy like to allow the fleet to fish. And if we end up with another, another lockdown in other countries, I think it will be very difficult this time. But again, grateful for the amount of fish we're selling in Ireland. And we hope like, that the amount that it's been our best market by a mile over the last four months. And we'd hope like with the autumn coming in like that it won't just drop off completely because people stop going, we said to be it Kinsale or be it Le Hinch or be it like Belly Bunyan or any of our beaches like but we'd hope like that the people will continue to eat the fish at home and that the demand will stay. And would you have worries for the industry itself and the number of people it employs looking into the autumn, as you said there, John, and beyond? You know, do you have concerns as we move forward with trepidation through this COVID pandemic? Oh, yeah, like it is, like it is frightening. Like, like there's no question about like that people are extremely worried about their future. Like, you know, you have the kids going back to school now and it only takes, as we've seen in meat plants, like that people work so closely that one or two people get infected and it can snowball out of all proportion. And that really, I think, long-term, like that, if we don't get a vaccine, it will be very, very hard, like, for people, you know, from mental health and everything like that, like, you know, like that. In Castletown Bear, like, we, we, we have restaurants that were able to open. Some of them choose not to open. None of our public houses opened up in Castletown Bear and people need relief, like, you know, some social. I have to say, at the start of the thing, I never walked as much. We're blessed in Castletown Bear with the scenery we have, like, and you go up the mountain with a pain your head the way the market was and how difficult things were. And, you know, the clean air and the absolutely beautiful views we have down here. We had a lot of people would have discovered Castletown Bear, like, maybe that mightn't have, like, they might have been going to Spain, like, or... France for their holidays, and you know they they came and they saw. But I would be very worried about a, a, another another lockdown. Like I don't think financially we can afford it. But our industry is very dependent on people going out into restaurants and buying. You know, like be it black soil, like or some of the more expensive. I told you to start about the prawns and things like that. And um, they're the they're the species like that people like go out like for the night out like. You know, like, and the basic food at home, like, more people are switching over to fish, which is good. But we do still need the farm market, even though Ireland has been a, a, a godsend for us this time. We still do need, like, to be able to exploit the markets in Spain, in France, in Germany, in Italy and the UK. And hopefully that we'll get those back too as we get through this crisis of a worldwide scale. 
But it is August and Bordbia have a campaign, John, and you've been speaking there about all the great fish and all the various different varieties. Uh, it's good to hear a good news story. And this month is good news as well for whitefish. And you're hoping that the campaign will educate more people about the values and the nutritional values of fish. I know uh, this is fantastic. Like we, we complain lots of times in the industry, but it's great to see a state agency like Bordbia stepping up. Like, you know, they have put their back to the to the to the wheel like and they are working with the industry like like trying to promote more fish. Um, you know, they're like they do it abroad and thank God now with this campaign like we'd hope like that the Irish people like will actually put on the green jersey and start supporting our fishermen like, you know, we see them sometimes on television. It's a very, very hard way to make a living, being honest about it, they're now to go where you have to and you've no guarantee of an income, you have to bring your fish in, sell it and based on what you sell it for dictates whether you can feed your family or not. Like, and I think like that Irish people like really should need to support the Irish fishing industry more and more. Like we're big empires, we're in the rural part of Ireland. And yeah, yeah, it is great, like, you know, and let's 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 be positive. Good positivity there. John Nolan, managing director of Castletown Bear Fishermen's Co-op. Well, concerns this week at the recent storms and the threat they've posed to the harvest nationally, but locally too, after Cork was battered by both storms, Ellen and Francis. Stephen Callaghan writing in the Irish Examiner Farming, says storms and rain have left grain growers temporarily stranded with about half of the harvest still to complete. Up to three and a half inches of rain was recorded at the Metairn weather station at Cork Airport. Tiagas says the bad weather poses a three-way threat. Yields will fall due to delayed harvesting. Higher moisture content will mean increased drying costs and rejection of premium crops such as seed and malting grain is increasing due to quality deterioration. Ground conditions for harvest machinery and transport are also a major concern. There's mostly dry weather due this weekend, which hopefully will be useful. Farm Talk on C103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Fergal O'Mahony is Dairy Advisor with Tagusk Middleton and we're looking at current dairy production and the situation on farms. There's been a hell of a lot of rain so situations have gone from being quite good to being extremely poor just at the moment especially on some heavier farms things have changed around a lot as well as current production on farms has taken a bit of a hit but we're somewhere around 19 litres per cow with roughly 430 fat and 370 protein that that's a bit of go fast there with people feeding probably three to four kilos a meal at the moment hoping to come back to two and a half if the weather years old. And in battling the current conditions what should people do, Fergal? Yeah, some tips for the current conditions, I suppose it's just things have changed around so quick, but if people just bear in mind what they'd normally do in the springtime is what would come into play at the moment if things are very bad. Cows will have to be housed for some bit but to remember that on-off grazing works very well, you know, if you can get them grazing for two, three-hour blocks in the day, three hours in the morning, three hours in the evening, they can take in up to 97% of their requirement for grass in that period, so that give you one option. The other one would be definitely need to be done on every farm is to introduce the strip wire again into 12-hour allocations and to do some do the back fencing if needed with that to, to make sure there's good utilisation of the grass to there because we have quite a bit of grass on farms at the minute and to just to make sure that they keep using it properly and that that'll be the one and the third one we'd talk about there is just try and get cows in and out of the roadways at a few locations if possible and to use paddocks with fairly good access so hopefully some of those will be a benefit to listeners you know the other the other thing with that is the hopefully the conditions won't last too long that it Hopefully we'll recover away, but we need to be thinking like as if it was a, in springtime just at the minute. And because we're into autumn, we're heading into autumn, depending on what way you look at it, there will be grazing targets in mind there. What should people be mindful of? Yes, and the grazing targets there, anyone that is doing grassland measurement, measuring the grass, they'll have a target there for the 1st of September for 750 farm cover, an average farm cover of 750, where your stocking rate is 2.5 livestock units per hectare. Or if you have a stocking rate of 3 livestock units per hectare, you're looking at the cover of about a 1,000 on the farm at the moment. And on a lot of farms at the minute, those sort of covers are there, if not a bit higher than that. I suppose a simple enough way then for people who mightn't be doing their grass measurement it's just to work out what rotation length are you on John what you'd be aiming to be at at the moment is about 30 days and increasing away up to the 1st of October but that have a rotation length of about 30 days at the moment is what we would be suggesting. And last week on the programme we were discussing fertiliser and the final fertiliser for the season as it were. The final nitrogen and I'd always be a believer in having the nit- last the nitrogen out for the 31st of August but obviously the way the weather has gone people are going to have to hold back for a bit because there's no point putting it out at the moment you know, very wet conditions and ground is waterlogged so just be careful that to put it out when there isn't big heavy rain due and that the ground has soaked some bit at this stage but the main thing you're looking at for the final Final nitrogen fertilizer is probably 20, 30 units an acre, but it needs to be applied on, on up to the 14th of September. That that's the last day that you can, under nitrates, apply nitrogen fertiliser. If we look at young dairy stock then, what are the important things to bear in mind at this time? Yeah, just at the moment there with grass after getting quite wet, just to watch that stock are performing away quite well. You know, some of the heavier or the bigger animals will 
perform away quite well. There's just some of the younger animals might need a bit of meal feeding to be introduced or increased, depending on whether they're getting some already. I suppose the other thing that you need to be mindful of with the dairy stock is that the dosing is kept up to date just to make sure that they're covered for hooves and stomach worm, just to watch that side of the thing. And on top of that then is that they are reaching their target weights, you know, the big help that has been there with dairy young stock since we came out of court is that people haven't, you know, haven't had as many young calves that nearly all their stock are born within a month of one another and it makes them much easier to rear them. And meal feeding, how important is that at this time? To be important just with the younger, the smaller ones, some of the bigger ones might still work away for a month or so without introducing meal but the younger ones are the ones that are behind target would definitely need meal because they just can't get sufficient energy at the moment out of the type of grass material that's there at the moment with the amount of wetness that's around. Fergal O'Mahony, Dairy Advisor with Chagask Middleton. Plans for the national ploughing matches and competitions to take place behind closed doors next month have been scrapped. The National Ploughing Association has cancelled the annual competitions with the exception of some national and international qualifiers because of the spike in COVID-19 cases. The main event was set to attract 350 competitors to a County Carlow venue over three days. The decision to cancel the event followed a meeting of the NPA's executive on Thursday night. The NPA has planned a programme of online activities during what should have been Ploughing Week starting on the 14th of September. Last year's event attracted just under 300,000 spectators over three days. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine are to provide personalised herd test history statements and reports to individual cattle farmers in coming days to help them reduce the risk of bovine TB in their herds. The Department in their statement issued on 25th of August 2020 say the Bovine TB Forum Interim Report identify the need to provide more effective information to farmers and help them in turn reduce the risk of TB in their herds. And it also advocated the development of herd risk categories which will be quote simple, clear and convey sufficient information to enable farmers make the decisions appropriate to their situation. The announcement by the Department of Agriculture has been given a cool reception by the IFA. IFA Animal Health Chairman Mr Pat Farrell said the Department of Agriculture issuing of herd TB risk letters to farmers in response to the dramatic worsening in TB levels was, quote, a ridiculous and weak response. Mr Farrell said the levels of TB in this country had risen to unacceptable levels and we should be seeing annual reductions. The IFA Animal Health Chairman, Mr Pat Farrell, said the department's issuing of herd TB risk letters to farmers in response to what he called the dramatic worsening in TB levels was, quote, a ridiculous and weak response. He said the department staff costs in the programme equate to €6,750 per farm with TB. Farmers rightly, he said, expect a lot more than letters outlining their herd risk and effectively a devaluation of their animals. Comparatively, Mr Farrell said, the average amount of compensation paid to farmers was only 4500 as opposed to the staff costs per TB farm equating to €6,750. Mr Farrell said the Grant Thornton report, 
which had been commissioned by the TV Forum, clearly and independently set out what he called the failings of the Department of Agriculture in their management of the TB situation in this country. The IFA chairman said farmers do not accept the misleading narrative being put out by the department as to the contributing factors to the current TB situation. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a topic on grass feed quality and as it reduces in the autumn, how crucial it is that replacement heifers' weight gain is not compromised. There he goes. John Friel joins me. And I asked him about the benefit of good quality grass at this time of the year and its overall feed value for animals. Grass is a fantastic feed stuff for growing animals, but we must keep in mind the seasonal variations of grass quality and nutrients. The digestibility of bottom grass is still high at around 80% dry matter digestibility uh, as the fibre remains digestible. However, the sugar content of autumn grass is lower than that of summer grass and the energy content is only 80 to 85% of the value of spring grass at 0.85 to 0.9 of a UFL. And your crude protein is increasing compared to summer grass and it'll be reaching a high of about maybe 21 to 23%. The faster your grass grows, the lower in dry matter it'll be. And while recent weather conditions have resulted in good grass growth, um, in combination with the recent rainfall, grass will be very low in dry matter. Average grass dry matter at this time of the year should be in the region of 16% to 18%, but recent figures we've seen coming out, other grass dry matter is only at 12 to 13%. So as a result, your heifers will struggle to achieve good dry matter intake. And why then is it important for the heifers to be on target with regards to their weight gain? This will increase the fertility of the heifer and it will also increase the chance of calving or down at two years. You should aim to calve your heifer at two, at two years of age as this will increase the number of lactations per heifer and it will also increase the lifetime production per heifer. It will reduce the cost of production and it will also help reduce the replacement rate within your herd. And also it will help to maintain a tight, compact calving pattern. And John, what are the target weights for this time of the year? Uh, your heifer should be at 30% of mature weight at six months, 60% of mature weight at breeding and 90% of mature weight at calving. September is an ideal time for weighing heifers, as your wooden heifers will be around the six months age at this, and your yearling heifers will be around the 18 months mark. Uh, targets for different breeds at these ages are for hosting heifer, hosting Frisian heifer at uh, six months of age, should be roughly 175 kilos, a British Frisian 165 kilos, and a Jersey crossbred 150 kilos. And for your yearlings at 18 months, a hosting Friesian heifer should be around 405 kilos, a British Friesian about 385 kilos, and a Jersey crossbred about 365 kilos. And what actions can be taken then if the heifers are underweight? To ensure that your heifers set their target, you should weigh your heifers often and separate out any underweight heifers from those that are at or above target weight. To help increase the growth rate in your lighter heifers, Give priority grazing and maybe offer meal, uh, meal or ration at one to two kilos per head per day. And you should monitor performance regularly, weigh them again in six weeks' time and just assess their performance. It's also worth keeping in mind the feeding value of silage being offered to heifers over the winter as this will have a significant impact on the growth rate of your heifers. The Airy Gold offer a silage testing service which will include feeding recommendations for silage to achieve a 0.6 kilo, uh, 0.6 kilo per head per day growth rate. And just when you're keep in mind when you're supplementing silage with concentrates, we recommend feeding a 19% heifer rear cube as this encourages growth and can prevent your heifers from becoming overfat. Overfat heifers will lay down too much fat around the udder, which can reduce milking potential. 
therefore it would be beneficial to select earlier born heifer calves for as replacement heifers as this will give them more time to grow. John Friel, Dairy Gold. IFAC, the farming food and agribusiness specialist professional services firm, has expanded its operations in County Cork with the opening of a new office in Skibbereen and the creation of three local jobs. Gerard Condon is a partner at the new IFAC office and joins us on Farm Talk to discuss the services they offer. I suppose we offer the, the full range of financial services. The most obvious ones that come to mind would be the annual accounts and, and annual tax returns, but we have full financial planning, you know, financial advice around uh, pensions, succession planning, as well as business planning and consultancy. So we're really a full full suite of services now for the advisory section. You know. Now we've dealt with some of the aspects of IFAX 2020 farming report and some very interesting statistics coming through on that, particularly in the area of succession. It showed just 10% had a clear succession plan, so that must be a worry. It's a huge worry, I suppose. What I find here, you know, when I'm meeting people here in, in Skibbereen, even people are kind of consciously worried about their tax bill in October, but it's a relatively small tax bill to what could be laying down the line for the, not just themselves, for the family, you know, in, in 5, 10, 20 years, whatever it will be. And I suppose because it's in the future, people don't focus on it as much, but also I suppose it's, you're thinking about retirement and down the line, wills and estates and debt. So it's probably something we don't want to focus on, but it's something that needs to be looked at straight away, really. And a lot of people would probably fear, Geroy, that there's a lot of paperwork and red tape bureaucracy and that tied up with it. Well, I, I suppose in terms of your solicitor is very important in the process, as is your tax advisor and accountant, because there is, there is, I would say there is a lot of red tape in one sense, but something that we deal with ourselves day to day. And it is really about planning and planning ahead and not leaving it to the last minute, really, you know. And another issue is a living file. Can you explain exactly what that is for us? Yeah, I suppose, look, a living file is if you sat down and, and it's not just about your assets and liabilities, which would be the, the, kind of the first thing that would come to mind. But it's really making a list of, you know, and I, I see it myself at home and my own mother. She always says she has a box upstairs and the key is hidden in a certain spot. And if she ever passed away, it's basically a list of everything she has from, you know, who the solicitor is, um, copy of the will, a copy of all her investments and life cover and things like that, even passwords. So things we kind of forget, you know, if we're gone in the morning, there could be a lot of problems there. But it's just, you know, having a kind of a, a list of everything in one spot, in one safe spot, of everything that relates to your life and even things like jewellery and, um, you know, prized possessions, etc. But I suppose the other side of that, and it's something that needs to be updated as well. It's not just once off thing. I would say once a year you should nearly look at it and, you know, one member of your family or a couple of members of the family should know where it's kept and have access to that when needed, you know. I suppose it's like a will. We know it's important, but, you know, we don't always get around to doing it when we should. So it's never too soon, I suppose, to begin all these plans. Yeah, and I think you, you, you hit on the key word there as well, which is begin, because for all of us, you know, so it's a big job, but if you just start doing it and just start with one thing, even as the case of just writing down your, your wishes in terms of your will, but also even in terms of you know, funeral requirements and things like that, some small things like that, and just get the, get the position started. And, and even things like you know, a copy of the birth certs, your own birth cert and marriage certs and things like that. Just you know, start it, I would say, with my, my recommendation and you know, tip away at it, and eventually you'll get it all done. And then from year to year, it's just a case of keeping it updated. Wise words from Geroid Condon, partner at the new IFAC office in Skibbereen. Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has announced the projects that will receive support this year under the Department's Rural Innovation and Development Fund. These are initiatives to promote and develop social farming projects in rural areas. In Cork, Down Syndrome Ireland, Cork Branch, for the Fields of Dream project, has had its contract extended for a period of one year with associated funding of almost €360,000. 
The project centres around the Horticulture Centre for Adults with Down Syndrome to enable them to participate in meaningful training and to provide hands-on horticulture work opportunities in a secure, caring and inspirational environment. Quilt of Forest in Cork has seen a significant increase in visitor numbers since COVID-19 restrictions eased. Two of the forests in Guganbara and Farron saw nearly 21,000 visitors between June and early August. It's a big increase on the number of visitors in April and May when the tougher restrictions were in place. All Quilta recreational forests and forest parks have reopened and are available to the public to fully access. Minister of State Pippa Hackett has launched the Open Coal Scheme aimed at re-wetting farmland which had originally been reclaimed by draining bogland and peatlands. The re-wetting of peat soil farmland is planned in the context of mitigating climate change and global warming. A guideline document on the Open Call re-wetting scheme can be downloaded from the department's website at the following www.agriculture.gov.ie or lowercase or by contacting the EIP section at eip at agriculture.gov.ie The EIP in capital letters, the remainder lowercase small letters. A low call facility is available at the following phone number, and that number is 0761-064-415-0761-064-415. The department's already supporting 23 locally-led programmes around the nation. In a press statement, Minister Pippa Hackett said these schemes are showing real innovation and are focusing on measurable results in terms of climate, biodiversity and water, as well as enhancing the viability of farmers involved. Applications should be submitted by 5pm on 23rd of October 2020 online to eip at agriculture.gov.ie EIP, capital letters, remainder lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John, and for co-producing and contributing again to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.